All right, if no one else, we'll go ahead and get into our lesson. And then, of course, after the lesson, if you think of something, we'll take just a moment that you can uh, share that with us. So uh, before we get into our lesson, we'll be in Genesis 15 is where we'll be going. If you want to go ahead and turn there. Uh, before we dive into it, though, uh, mention a couple of things. One is uh, over here on the book table, and I don't know if any of y'all are interested, uh, but one thing that we used to get that everyone they seem to always go was the one-year Bibles. And so that's a Bible that's laid out with daily readings. And uh, I sold the last one we had almost two years ago and have not been able to find them in King James since. I could find them in just about any other version, but I couldn't find them in King James. And I found them this past week. Someone had them. And so I ordered four of them. So I don't know if anybody wants one or not, but we do have them. If anybody wants the one-year Bible, we do have them again, uh, just to let you know they're over there. And I did not put a price sticker on them, uh, but they are $15. So if that's something anybody's interested in, grab you one up. They are definitely a very handy way to read through the Bible. They have it broke up into readings and have the days marked, and so a great thing to do. And then also, uh, Weatherman is uh, calling for some weather. Uh, Sunday, and we blame it on the weather, man, but the Lord is in control. And so whatever comes is up to the Lord, but we will definitely be keeping our eye on that. Um, what it's looking like now is we're going to have some snow Sunday, but we'll be keeping an eye on that, and we'll be keeping you all updated as we get closer uh, to what arrangements we'll be making for that. So Genesis chapter number 15. Genesis chapter number 15. I've titled this one, Abram's Doubts are reassured. Have you ever struggled with wondering if you did the right thing? Have you ever struggled with wondering if you're on the right track? Have you ever struggled with these doubts? You're going through life and you just begin to question. Maybe sometimes you find yourself in a place where you just begin to question everything. You ever found yourself there? You just begin to question everything and you have doubts and it's interesting to me that oftentimes when we come through a spiritual victory, we find that we're susceptible to emotional lows. Now, I don't know if you have experienced that, but it's very true that if you come through a spiritual victory, a spiritual high where God has blessed you and you come through that, although you just were very successful spiritually, your physical body and your emotions oftentimes will bottom out and you will begin to question yourself. I find this to be true a lot of times if I preach a message that I feel like the Lord really blessed the message. By that afternoon, I am just all over the place with my mind and just questioning and wondering. And, and a lot of times a spiritual high will, will result in emotional lows. And we look here at this story in Genesis chapter number 15. Now, if you remember in Genesis 14... Abram just wrought a miraculous victory. God, through Abram, defeated uh, Chedorlaomer and that alliance of kings that was coming through there and just terrorizing everybody. God blessed Abram. Abram took his 300 servants. He went. He defeated them. There's no question that God had blessed him. After the victory, we know that uh, Abram was met with, by Melchizedek and Bera, the king of Sodom, and then in chapter number 15, we see Abram after he gets home. So Abram's went to the battle. He's been victorious. He's met with the kings, and he's gone back home. And in chapter number 15, 
Abram is back home after the battle. When we look here in chapter number 15, we will see exactly what I'm talking about. We will see a man who had a spiritual victory who has found himself in a place of emotional doubt and question. And so we're going to look at this, and a lot of what we'll look at tonight will be historical in just looking at Abram and what took place in his life, but we'll also be making some comparisons. And hopefully, as we look at these comparisons, it'll help us whenever we find ourselves in those places of doubt and question and wondering. We'll look at how God dealt with Abraham, and it'll help you and I whenever we find ourselves in those situations. So we're going to read Genesis 15, the first six verses. Uh, We're going to read these verses, and then we'll get into the lesson this evening. The Bible says in Genesis 15, starting in verse 1, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said it to him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. And Lord, how you have been good to us and how you've blessed us and how you've watched over us. And Lord, as we share the request and Lord, we share the answers to prayer. And Lord, we see how you have came through and Lord, you have helped and you have blessed. And uh, Lord, you blessed with Brandon and Sarah. And Lord, brought them through the COVID with, with no problem and blessed them with another little one. We think of Aaron and Lord, how you blessed him and his family as they traveled home, uh, Lord, during that storm. And Lord, you just watched over them and protected them to despite all that was going on around them. And Lord, as we uh, think of the ways that you have blessed in our life, and Lord, the way you've blessed in our church, and uh, Father, Lord, there is no question that you are good to us. And Father, we thank you for it. Uh, Lord, tonight as we look at this lesson, Father, and we consider Abram, uh, Father, I pray that you will help us to be able to relate to this story. And Father, Lord, whenever we come into times of doubt and question, and Lord, not understanding uh, why you are doing things the way that you are, that Lord, we will be able to find help and encouragement from this passage of Scripture. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll bless in the lesson here. Use me, Father. Speak through me. Teach through me. Make your word clear and understandable and helpful to those that are here listening. I pray, dear Lord, that you will be uh, with the uh, ministries downstairs. Lord, I pray you be with Aiden as he's teaching the children. I pray you be with Pastor Kent as he's teaching the the teens. And Father, I pray that you will bless your word to go forth. Lord, that you will plant a seed in the hearts of the young people. Lord, that they will accept you and they will begin to grow. Lord, that when they come into adulthood, Father, Lord, they are miles down the road in their spiritual growth. And Father, I pray that you'll just bless. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a church that has the opportunity Lord, to minister to different people in different ways. Thank you for those that come. And Father, we'll praise you for it. Bless us now throughout this evening, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here in this story, we find Abram, and he's made it home. He's got back home from the battle. 
And the Bible says there in chapter 15, verse number 1, after these things, so after the battle, after he had met with the two kings, Abram's made it back home. And the Bible says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. Now, it is interesting to note that this phrase, the word of the Lord came, is found many, many, many times throughout the Word of God. We find this phrase, but this is the first place that we see this phrase in the Word of God. And the Word of the Lord came unto Abram. You know what? Abram had just met with Melchizedek and uh, we talked last week a little bit about Melchizedek that we didn't know if he was an actual physical king who was a type of Christ or if he was uh, actually a, what we call a Christophany where it was Christ uh, making an appearance in the Old Testament which is what I lean towards. Uh, but we were not sure exactly because the Bible doesn't tell us but we know that Abram had met with Melchizedek uh, who brought him blessing. He had met with Barak, king of Sodom who showed just what an underhanded devil he was uh, who although he had just been delivered, uh, uh, he is trying to swindle Abram into servitude. Uh, and Abram leaves the victory and he leaves the two kings uh, and he comes home. And when he arrives home, the word of the Lord came unto him. And I just want to say this, that it doesn't matter if you're dealing with the enemy it doesn't matter if you're talking with fellow Christians. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, if you're dealing with the rulers of this world. Uh, there is no one who is better to hear from than to hear from the Lord. I mean, there is something about the word of the Lord that will strengthen and help Christians uh, like no one else can. It's why we put so much emphasis uh, on reading the Word of God and getting into the Word of God and spending time in the Word of God uh, because there is nothing that will help you like the Word of God. There was a young preacher uh, came to an older preacher once and he said, uh, I just don't know what to do. He said, I try to read the Bible, but it, it's hard for me to understand and, and I just struggle with it and I get discouraged and I end up not reading it. What, if, what am I supposed to do? The older preacher gave him a strainer and he said, go down to the creek and fill this up. He came back and he said, I can't fill it up. The water just runs right through it. The older preacher said, yeah, but take a look at it, how clean it is. You know what, you might think this reading this Bible isn't doing nothing for me at all, but the more you let it go through you and go through you and go through you and go through you, you'll find out that it cleans you and purifies you, uh, it feeds you, it revitalizes you, and the more you read it, the better you understand it. And those passages that at one time were hard to understand and you just couldn't figure them out, now they have weight and meaning and value. So never, never let the devil take away from the Word of God. Well, I'm telling you, in our society, there are so many distractions, so many things that pull you away from the Word of God. Do your best. Make sure that you're spending time in the Word of God. That was a free sermon. It's not in my notes, but I'm telling you, just get in the Bible. Get in the Bible. The more you get in there, the more you love it. Take your old smartphone, and you can go into settings, and you can set that thing to where it falls asleep, and it won't give you any notifications, and you can't open any of your apps until a certain time. Make sure that it don't wake up until after your devotions are done, and then it won't be sitting there buzzing, taking you away. Spend time in the Word of the Lord. There is nothing uh, that will help a Christian like the word of the Lord. We see here that Abram came back home and when he got home, the word of the Lord came to him. Now I find it interesting 
that God spoke to Abram when he arrived home. And as we go through this, I'm going to point out, and some of this are, are my assumptions, some of it we can see clearly from the passage. But as we look at this, I really believe that Abram was beginning to get discouraged. And God met him to encourage him. The Bible says in Psalm 103 in verse number 14, For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. This is a great verse to put to memory because oftentimes we beat ourselves up uh, over our mistakes. Uh, the Bible says that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But oftentimes we beat ourselves up. Uh, uh, maybe you are trying to read the Word of God, but things got busy and you didn't get your reading done yesterday. And you're just beating yourself up over it. He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust and He is going to minister to us, and He is going to help us, and He is going to be there for us. The Lord was aware of Abram's frailty. He knew Abram would have some questions, so He visited him in his time of need. And so we're going to look just a little bit at this uh, situation, this account of what took place when Abram arrived home. First, we're going to take a look at the word of the Lord which greeted Abram uh, when he returned. Now, I don't know... But it's possible as Abram made the journey back home after the battle, after meeting with the kings, he began to rehearse and question all that had taken place. Now, I don't know if you do this, but and maybe, maybe it's a default of mine and y'all can help me with this, but if I have a conversation with someone, after I walk away from that conversation, I'll rehearse it, especially if it was a serious conversation, you know, a weighty conversation. I will rehearse that conversation over and over and over in my mind. They said this, I said that. Did I say that right? Did that come across right? Did they understand? And I'll rehearse it, and I'll have to make myself stop because my mind will just rehearse it and rehearse it until I force it to stop. And I believe that Abram, leaving the battle, leaving the kings, coming home, I'm sure that the the events that had taken place over the last couple of days just began to play in his mind. He remembered getting word that Lot had been captured. He remembered arming his men and rushing off to battle. He remembered the miraculous victory. He remembered Barah trying to underhandedly take advantage of him. And I imagine that he began to question and think about all that had taken place. Some of the questions that I think may have came to his mind was Abram had just delivered these wicked kings the king of Sodom and the other four kings that made an alliance, they were wicked kings, very wicked kings. And Abram had delivered them from the hand of their oppressor. But we see that after the battle, Bera, king of Sodom, was still just as underhanded and devious and crooked as he was before Abram delivered him. We also see that Abram delivered Lot. Lot had went to the plain of Jordan. Now we know that Lot and Abram had to separate, but Lot didn't have to go to the plain of Jordan, and Lot definitely didn't have to move into the city of Sodom. There was plenty of places Lot could have went beside the city of Sodom. The city of Sodom had a reputation for being wicked. Lot had moved there, he had moved into the city, and because he had moved into the city, he had been taken captive along with all the citizens. Abram went to rescue him. And after Abram rescued him, Lot went back to Sodom. Now, I don't know about you, but if I would have been Abram and I was walking back home, I would have been wondering, 
Was there any point in what I just did? Did I really accomplish anything? The kings are just as wicked as they were before. They did not even acknowledge the hand of God in delivering them. Lot, instead of getting out of Sodom and recognizing that God was dealing with him, he just went back. We find out later in the Word of God that Lot had a position of authority, very possible that it was here that Barah like Lot. Come on back, I'll give you a position of authority in the city. Lot goes back to Sodom and Abram's going back home and Abram's wondering, did I accomplish anything at all? Have you ever done something that you felt God wanted you to do that was a good thing that could accomplish much good and you did what you felt like God wanted you to do? Maybe you felt like the Lord wanted you to witness to someone or go to the hospital and tell someone about Christ and, or, or whatever it may be and go help someone out financially and, and you did what you felt like God wanted you to do and moments after doing it you recognized that they were not affected at all. And you go away wondering, was there any use in what I did? Did I accomplish anything? Did I, did I make any difference at all whatsoever? Was there any value in what I did? I believe that Abram, as he went home, probably began to wonder, did I even do the right thing? Did I even do the right thing? It's apparent that God had helped him in the battle. There's no question that God helped him in the battle. But I can see Abram wondering, but to what end? Why, why did God help me? Why did, we, why did this happen? To what end? What had been accomplished? Did I arm my servants and put them through a, 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 a very stressful night for no end? And to all these wondering hearts, God spoke to Abram in verse number 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. You see, many times we are guilty of judging the success in our service to God based on the response of the people we ministered to. God has asked me to do this. I've went and done it and I judge the success of the endeavor on how the people respond to what God told me to do. And we go away feeling discouraged. I know I've found myself there before. I've, we have helped folks financially here at the church. Uh, I'm thinking of one family in particular that we helped uh, at Christmas time. And, and we helped them and, and did a, a big thing for them. And within, within hours, it became evident that they had taken advantage of the church. And we prayed about it. We talked about it. We sought the Lord about it. And I must admit, when I recognized how evident it was that they had taken advantage of the church, I began to question, did we do the right thing? Did, what, how, what did I miss? But you know what the Lord reminded me? He said, before, before you did anything, you set them down and you witnessed to them. And there was a young boy sitting there who heard the gospel who may never, ever hear it again. I've never seen the family again. I don't know if God planted a seed in that young man's heart or not. But all I do know is I did what God wanted me to do. And I need not feel like a failure because of the response of the people. 
I need to feel like a success because I did what God wanted me to do. And we see here that Abram, I believe, could have very likely been feeling discouraged, but we see that God came to him and he said, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. He pointed out two things to Abram. First, he pointed out that Abram was victorious because God is his shield. God reminded Abram that he was not responsible for the actions of Lot or Barah. Abram was responsible for his actions in acting in obedience to God. Abram had did what God wanted him to do and that is all that Abram was responsible for and God had protected him, God had delivered him, God had made him victorious. Abram, don't matter what everybody else did, I am your shield. You did what I wanted you to do and I took care of you. We're not going to worry about how others responded. Abram had been victorious because God was his defender and his protector. But secondly, God reminded Abram that not only was he victorious, but Abram was compensated because God was his reward. Abram was compensated for what had taken place because God was his reward. Now you remember last week we looked at how Barak, king of Sodom, offered Abram the spoils in exchange for the persons. And of course Abram turned everything down. And Abram made the right decision. Barak was being underhanded. Barak was trying to, to uh, in, cause Abram to be indebted to him by offering him the spoils. And Abram rightly turned everything down. But perhaps, and this is my assumption, but perhaps as he journeyed home, Abram began to question. Did I do the right thing by turning down the spoils? Again, I'll readily admit that this is my assumption and this may not be what happened at all, but it could be that Abram thought by, by turning down the spoils, Barah will see uh, the righteousness of my motive and Barah will be turned to repentance. But instead, Barah's like, okay, thank you. I'll take it all and we'll go back to Sodom and keep living like we did. And maybe Abram began to second guess himself. Maybe he began to think there are some things there that Sarah could have used. There's some things that would have been a blessing. There's some things I could have added to my hurt. Did I do the right thing by turning down these spoils perhaps as he began to second guess himself? Uh, have you ever taken a stand for God and then later second guessed yourself? Has there ever been a situation when you're like, no, this is what the Bible says. This is what we're going to do. And then maybe the reaction of the people is not what you expected and you begin to second guess yourself. Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right move? Did I take the right stand? I believe that oftentimes we find ourselves, after we take a stand for God, second guessing ourselves again because we're judging on the response of men. And it's possible that Abram was struggling with had he done the right thing. And the reason that I think it's possible that he was struggling with this is because when God met him, God said, Abram, I your reward. Abram, you did the right thing. You did the right thing in not taking the spoil because Abram, I am your reward. Abram, I have promised you all this land. Abram, I am going to take care of you. Abram, I have promised to give it all to you. Abram, you did the right thing. I am your reward. So we see, we see here the word of the Lord. But after God had reassured Abram concerning his doubts surrounding the battle, Abram had another concern that he wanted to express to God. He had something else that was bugging him uh, that he wanted to express. And so we see here our second thing is the concern of Abram. And we see this in verse number 2. And Abram said, Lord God, 
What wilt thou give me? Seeing I go childless. Boy, this is a powerful question. God has just met Abram. He said, Abram, you've done the right thing. Not taken to spoil. Abram, I'm your reward. I have promised that I'm going to give you everything. And Abram said, Lord, there's something that's bothering me because everything you have promised me hinges on one thing. That's me having a son. Lord, what are you going to give me seeing I don't have a son? You've made a promise, but the one key element is not here. Now, by all uh, figuring that we can do looking through the Scripture, it's been about 10 years since God called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. About 10 years since God said, I will give you everything. I'll make your seed, make you a great nation. About 10 years has went by. Abram's still living by faith. He's still following God. He's still doing what God has called him to do. And God says, Abram, don't worry. I'm going to give you a great reward. And I don't believe that Abram was questioning God in that he felt that God had done him wrong. But Abram was questioning, how am I ever going to get what you've promised me if I can't have a son? What is it? How is it? We see that Abram has a concern. He's went ten years and there's no son. In verse number three, we see the contemplation of Abram. Isn't it interesting that whenever God doesn't do things the way we think he should, that we begin to try and figure things out for him? You ever done that? We begin to try and sort it out for God. This isn't working out the way I thought you was going to do it, God, so let me, uh, let me help you out. Let me offer some solutions. Uh, I've got some ideas. And we see that's what Abram began to do. In Genesis 15, 3, And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house... Uh, is mine heir. In verse number 2, he had mentioned that the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And then he says in verse 3, one born in my house is my heir. He's like, God, I've been thinking about this and I understand that you have promised to give me a reward and I understand in order for me to get the reward, there's got to be an heir. And I've, I've been 10 years now, no kid. So I'm thinking, Lord, a good idea would be to make Eliezer the heir. The heir. I think that would work. Abram began to sort things out for God. I'll really admit I've been guilty of doing that. God, let me, let me sort this out for you, God. Here's what you said, but that's not working. I got a better idea. And boy, I'm telling you what, we can come up with a lot of better ideas. Abram had, there on your worksheet, he had an apparent problem. It was pretty obvious that he needed an heir and there was none. And since he had an apparent problem, he offered an alternative possibility. An alternative possibility. I thought of some questions that may have came to Abram's mind. And maybe these will connect with you and questions you've had in your mind when things didn't go the way you thought they would. Maybe Abram thought, did I misunderstand what God meant? Have you ever found yourself there? Maybe I misunderstood what God meant. I prayed about this. I felt like I got an answer. But, but maybe I misunderstood what God meant. Maybe I need to take a different route because maybe I didn't fully understand. Abram's thinking, you know, this is what God said. 
but maybe it didn't necessarily have to be my son. It just had to be someone I could leave things to. Maybe I misunderstood what God said. Maybe Abram thought, maybe Abram thought this. Maybe he thought, is my situation worse than God imagined? Did God not realize how bad off I really was? You're like, surely he didn't think that. I don't know if he did or not, but I know people who have thought that. I've been praying about this, but I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I've been, I've been praying for God to intervene in this situation, but I just, I think, I, I don't know why, but I just think too far gone. Maybe Abram thought, maybe, maybe God didn't put together just how old me and Sarah were. Maybe he just didn't think about that, and, and he's running into a problem. Maybe that's what Abram thought. I don't know. Maybe Abram thought, did God change his mind? I know what he told me, but we've been 10 years and there's no kid. Maybe, maybe God changed his mind about what he was going to do. Abram wasn't sure. And you know what I'm not trying to throw off on Abram? You know something I love about the God that I serve? I should never question him, but he doesn't mind if I question why, how, and where. Matter of fact, he appreciates when we go to him and say, Lord, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure why this has happened. I'm not sure what you're trying to do. Uh, Lord, I need you to help me. Give me understanding. I, I need you to give me strength. I need you to give me guidance. Now, we should never question his motive. And if he's done something, we should not doubt that he knew what he was doing. He definitely knew what he was doing. He definitely is in control. He definitely did the right thing. But there's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, you promised to give me everything I can see and make a great nation. In order for that to happen, I need a son. And there's no son. Lord, I need you to help me here. Nothing wrong with that. And that's exactly what Abram did. He went to the Lord and said, I need you to help me. And the Lord answered. In verses 4 and 5, we see the clarification of the promise. Now, Abram had this great idea. Eliezer can be my heir. This will make it work, Lord, and you can get on with what you're wanting to do. And the, Lord, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This, speaking of Eliezer, shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Now, sadly, we're going to see in a, in a little bit, in a few more lessons, we're going to see that Abram misinterpreted this too. Uh, he, <laughs> Abram was trying hard to do things on his own. Uh, but uh, we'll see he misinterpreted. But God clarified it's not going to be Eliezer. He'll come forth out of thine own bowels. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars that they'll be able to number them. And he said to him, So shall thy seed be. We see here that God clarified the promise. Abram, it will be a physical descendant. It will be your son. It's what I promised. It's what I'm going to do. It's what I said I would do. It's what I will do. And you know what? You and I need to learn that although God may not be moving at the speed we think he should, if he said he'll do it, he will do it. He said, Abram, this is what I promised. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a physical descendant. And he said, and not only that, but your children will become a nation that is an innumerable multitude. He said, look at the stars. Now, previously, he had told Abram to look at the dust of the earth. Can you count the dust? This time he told Abram, he said, look at the stars. Can you count them? 
That's how big your family's going to be. Abram, I've promised you, and I will do what I have promised to do. And then we see in verse number 6, the belief of Abram. Boy, I'm telling you what, this just brings it all together. The belief of Abram. In Genesis chapter number 15 and verse number 6, the Bible says, And he, speaking of Abram, believed in the Lord. And he, speaking of the Lord, counted it to him for righteousness. Abram believed what God said, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And boy, I'm telling you what, this verse is powerful in this passage in that it shows us that Abram set his worries to rest. And boy, I'm telling you, whenever you begin to doubt and you begin to question and you get into God's Word and you come across that promise again, we can set our worries aside. We can trust in the Word of God. We can rely on what God has said. And that's why we can find peace and comfort and hope and encouragement in the Word of God. But there is so much more to this verse than what we see right here in verse, in verse number 6. Because this verse became the central theme of Apostles Paul's message throughout the New Testament that salvation is through faith and not of works. You see, Abram was trying to fix it on his own. He was trying to come up with his own plan. He was trying to figure out God's, how to help God do this. And God said, Abram, what counts as righteousness is the fact that you believe me. And we find that this very phrase is quoted three times in the New Testament. In Galatians chapter number 3 and verse number 6, Paul said, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In Romans chapter number 4 and verse number 3, it says, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. In James 2 and verse number 23, the Bible says, And the Scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Salvation is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What guaranteed Abraham heaven is the fact that Abraham believed God. What guarantees you and I heaven is that we believe God. We put our faith and trust in Him. I thought about this, that Abram believed in who God was. He believed in who He was. He believed in what He had said. He believed in His ability to accomplish what he promised. He believed in his reliability. Not only was he able to do it, but he was going to do it. He believed that God would do what he said he would do. Abram's belief in God. We need to catch this because there's so many people that twist this. Abram's belief in God was more than a recognition of God's existence. It was more than an acknowledgement that God was a person. Abraham believed God. We love to pick on Aaron, so I'll just pick on Aaron because he's, he's good with it. He's thought about Terry, but I don't know. Aaron, you know. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> there's a difference in someone saying, do you believe in Aaron? And I'm like, yeah, I believe in Aaron. I mean, he's here. 
He drives the bus. I see him. I have no question that Aaron's a real person. I definitely believe in Aaron. And then somebody say, but do you believe Aaron? Well, now that's a completely different story. <laughs> this is a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> now, actually, I do believe Aaron. I think he's a pretty honest fella. But you see how it changes what you're saying. There are a lot of people who believe in God. They believe He's real. They can't deny Him. It takes a fool to deny that there's a higher power. They believe that there's a God. Yes, they believe there's a God. But do they believe God? There's the difference. And it makes all the difference in the world. Abram was at a place of doubt. He was at a place of questioning. He was at a place of he wasn't sure. But in the end, he believed God. There were no facts that supported what he was doing. There was no proof that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. There was no evidence. Abraham said, I believe God for who he is. I believe he's able. I believe that he will. I believe that he can. And I am simply going to trust in him. And the Bible says that was counted as righteousness to Abraham. God counted it as righteousness. Salvation is not by works. There is nothing we can do to merit salvation. Salvation is not through acknowledging that God is a real person. Salvation comes when we believe God. Hebrews chapter number 11 verse number 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Abraham believed God. The question is, have we believed God? As we go throughout life, there's going to be times that we wonder, there's going to be times we question, there's going to be times of discouragement, there'll be times of doubt. But in the end, do you believe God? That is what God sees as righteousness. So hope that's a blessing to you as we look at